0: the Ghost Goal Podcast. Preseason football is almost back, which means there's plenty of transfers that are in the books and about to be sealed. Welcome to the Ghost Goal Podcast, episode 362. I'm Alex, here with Javier. We've got tons of big transfers, like uh, Darwin Nunes to Liverpool, Erling Haaland to Manchester City. And uh, we've got some niche transfers that we're uh, gonna give a, a bit of a mention. This is the transfer check-in. Welcome, Javier. Thanks for jumping on this one.
1: Thanks, Alex. How are you doing? You always ask me. I- I'm doing
0: well, you know. I- I've It's been two weeks since we did uh, our you know Premier League grades. We've seemed to have settled into a pod every two weeks during the off-season. Uh, I'm okay with that pace. I feel like you, you are too. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah it gives it, us some time gives, to like let these transfers, right. you know, build up a little bit. There's rumors talk about all them.
1: the time, and then the, the, they finally come to fruition after a couple of weeks. So, we finally gotten to see some results a month in the books. It's been a pretty exciting month in terms of transfers and things going on, and almost every big team's been making huge moves. And it seems like almost, yeah, almost, but. It, you know, there's still a lot of time left. So whatever we talk about now, you know, it's it's not going to be necessarily that big picture because we don't have the full picture yet. So we'll talk a lot like about the individual players, what they might add, but we haven't seen them play. So you know, t- take a lot what we say now with a grain of salt. Because it's so hard. It's it's so hard when someone comes from another league, right? If the, if they're if they're like already playing in England and they're going to another team, it's easier to judge how transfer is going to do. But you just really never know when they come from another league because we've seen the best-looking players in the world b- like completely bomb when they come to the Premier League. and then just. Is know. this
0: your way of saying Holland's going to be a bust? Is that no. what you're saying?
1: No, no, no. But like Darwin Nunez...
0: Jesus J- is going J- to score more than Holland. He's, is that what you're trying J- to J- say, Javier? Jesus is going to
1: score more than Holland, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for getting there early. You want to just jump right in, Alex? Like, no, that's Jesus. just from years
0: of familiarity with you. But
1: Jesus is going to score more than Holland in this for in the season this this next season. Yeah, you like that, Alex?
0: Well, okay. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I brought it up. We might as well get into it. Uh, the, uh, the yeah, Liverpool and Manchester City weren't the only teams uh, signing their center forwards of the future. Gabriel Jesus completed his move from Manchester City to Arsenal a little a couple days ago. I'm sure you're over the moon about this one. There are plenty of rumors about it, but I think a lot of people thought some other teams would come in for him. That never materialized. So, uh, uh, yeah, what, what, what are your thoughts? Is this is this really your like the final piece of the puzzle to make Arsenal a top four and a uh, top four contender, and you know, hopefully push on for proper trophies in the future?
1: This is a replacement for Aubameyang. There's no final piece of the puzzle. This is just another extremely quick, hardworking uh, fox in the box center forward who will run extremely hard the entire game. Will press back lines. That's going to be the most valuable thing getting Gabriel Jesus. It's not necessarily going to be his goals because he's going to score goals. There's going to be chances. We have a we have a very creative team, but we've just needed players to to step up and score. And. We found another player in, in Fabio Vieira as well. I'd never really heard of him before this season, uh, but he seems to be like he's going to be pretty prominent in the team next year. You know, we paid $40 million for him to sign him from Porto. And f- from the reactions from the opposing fans, they were all saying that that was a steal, that, you know, he was worth 60 to $80 million and that, you know, we fleeced them and that, you know, they only got to see one season of him, but apparently he was so amazing that all you know everyone was saying he was going to be he's going to be you know in the Portuguese national team. And if if that's true, if he's that caliber of player, then we've got we've absolutely stolen him as well. Um, but going back to Jesus, uh, you know he's he starts for the Brazilian national team. He has thirty one goals in fifty nine games, so over you know a goal every other game which at international level is is not easy to do. Uh, and that tells you, like, when a team starts him from the get-go, which Brazil always does, starts him, plays him every game. That never really was the case at Manchester City, you know? At, for Jesus, there was always, you know, Sergio Aguero, there was always Phil Foden, De Bruyne, like, Guardiola's crazy ideas of playing without strikers and playing with a false knight. He's been obsessed with that for the last two years, like... Jesus has had to play as a false nine when he's played as, in Guardiola's system. He hasn't really had to play he's, as like a... He's played as a winger more than he's played as a center absolutely. forward. Absolutely, he's that, not a winger. And again, like... I'm
0: not, I'm, not, I'm not even saying that as a bad thing. I actually think he he could be pretty useful for you guys there and could kind of open up possibilities for, you know, Gabriel Martinelli maybe moving, it, maybe moving in centrally. Uh, I mean, everything seems to point towards Gabriel Jesus being the... The number nine center forward, goal scorer, that kind of player for you guys. But at least he has the experience; that he's capable of playing out in wide areas where him and Martinelli and uh, whoever else is starting can. He's also you know, been in the league for six years.
1: Like he's such an that experienced long? Yeah, player. Yeah, 2016. Yeah, he's such yeah, an experienced player in the league. Like he's yeah, he's never been putting up twenty plus goals in the league because he he hasn't started. He's, he doesn't take penalties. Like, he's never had a consistent, like, you know, 15, 20 game run in the side. He's always been taken out, had little nibbling injuries here and there. But for the most part, been used off the bench, used to press. But he's coming to Arsenal to be the man. So I'm excited. I think we're going to see another level of him. You know, I I think when he came to the Premier League, you could see how unbelievably talented he was. And I thought he was going to be the future striker for Manchester City you know i thought he was going to be like a terror in the league for 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 a decade to come and at 25 years of age he could absolutely still make the next step up once he's given all the tools that arsenal have right now f- to, to 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 give someone like him a bunch of chances in a game and he'll get two three i mean he scored four goals last season in this me- in this title race he was clin- like against huge Watford. he was huge for city he scored the equalizer f- against liverpool um, he scored uh, against you guys, didn't he? He scored. Yeah, he scored
0: the winner against us. Yeah, he Bridge. scored the
1: winner against you guys. Like there was, there was so many huge games that he stepped up, and uh, he was, he was still a big part of this Manchester City side this season. And he wasn't even, you know, starting from the get go. A lot of these games, you know, he was put, coming off the bench. He was, he was getting taken off in the 60th minute. That's not going to be the case at Arsenal. So. Just very excited to have a player of that caliber, who's motivated, who wants to take it to the next level, stay in the Premier League, you know, is committed to, to you know, signed a six-year deal with us, so, like, so excited to have these two on, um, you know, I, I want to see more signings too. We need more signings. We've been looking for more players, so I know this isn't the end. Uh, a couple other like notable quick signings. Um, we signed this winger Marquinhos for three million from uh, four million from Sao Paulo. And just from like what I've seen already in his highlights and what he looks like physically, he's he looks like a physically imposing player, like reminds me a lot of Alexis Sanchez. So it would be very excited if he you know gets Europa League time or, or FA Cup and, and Carabao Cup time this season, because he could be an exciting player for us. Um, and then we, we signed a backup goalkeeper in Matt Turner, who who won. Goalkeeper of the season in the MLS last year, Player of the Year for the New England Revolution the last two years. He's been an All Star for several years the, in the MLS. He won the
0: uh, won the Gold Cup with the U.S. Yeah. I think last summer been, or the summer been, before he's that. He's been
1: the the starting goalkeeper for the U.S. Men's National Team. So between all of those things, to have him as a backup goalkeeper, you know, I I welcome that signing. We also have um, that young Estonian goalkeeper the guy who starts for the Estonian national team Carl Hein he's you know 6 foot 4 20 year old who's you know been starting for Estonia for almost 2 years now so he's just you know already has a bunch of international caps um yeah since 2020 so yeah
0: just so you 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 don't believe in Aaron Ramsdale is that what you're trying to say No Ramsdale
1: you... <laughs> is going to have pressure on him we can sell Leno and uh you know, move on uh, a player who deserves to. Leno deserves to be starting for another team. So he's a great goalkeeper. You know, no hard feelings. He was great for us, and uh, I'm pretty sure he's going to be moving on this summer. So just uh, good to have pressure and to have good backup goalkeepers. It can be huge in situations, especially if Ramsdale went down. Remember last year he went down for, you know, a, a couple of weeks, and when he was out, you know, Leno came in and was a was was great. So.
0: Yeah, so you're probably looking at probably another forward option, maybe a striker. Probably two more midfielders. Let's not get into
1: why it's probably two more midfielders.
0: Well, yeah. yes, I mean, I'm just going to say who I was saying. Let's not get into like the rumors because I don't know about you, but I haven't seen any real links between Arsenal and many center midfield. No, I, I, I was seeing, I was seeing, seeing that, that we're heating
1: it. up on Thielmans today, which would make sense. Okay. Been I mean, thirty million well, for him. I don't know I'm what's taken sure so that's long just on that. Like, happen. so. Apparently, we've had some yeah, Promising lockdown stuff the for summer. Arsenal.
0: As you guys are about to uh, start your preseason as well, uh, let's move on and hit on Chelsea. Even though there isn't anything concrete yet, uh, by the time this is released, and many of it, many of you are listening to it tomorrow, uh, there are strong indications that Chelsea will complete their first signing of the window: Raheem Sterling from uh, Manchester City.
1: That that's such a Chelsea signing.
0: Most people are going crazy about this one, and I'm, I'm not so sure. Maybe it's because of my like, my my already formed opinions of him. Yeah, you're fucking like, I don't crazy. Want to... He's
1: instantly your best winger.
0: Yeah, I, I don't want to get into the whole Raheem Sterling thing. Like, I don't want him on Chelsea. I don't want Manchester City's sloppy seconds. I don't want to be taking rejects from a team that Chelsea are trying you're to. You're right, actually. And I, know, I was about to I, say. Listen,
1: I can. You're right because I was about That's to say Arsenal the last do. like the last like two years he <laughs> hasn't been nearly as good as he's been you know for the for the, the five right. years he was before that so there definitely has been a slowdown he hasn't been playing nearly as much for City you can tell he wasn't that big of a part of this last year's title so I would I would like argue that like Gabriel Jesus was way more important in the interim, you know over the season for City than someone like Sterling I but,
0: I would I I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. I would say Sterling was just as important, if not more. But um, he's only 27. He's not past it by any stretch of the imagination. He was one of England's best players at the Euros last summer. So, you know, there's indications that he's you know still relatively a big game player.
1: He has been playing professionally since like 16, 17, though. Right, yeah. He does have a lot of wear and tear on his body.
0: Like, listen, I'm not going to be completely down on it. Like, it's for 45 million which is, you know, significant, but not like breaking the bank. He's a champion. He's won the, the league plenty of times, so he's an experienced winning player. And, you know, out of all of our forward players, we don't have much of that at the moment. We've got a lot, a lot of young, promising players, but not many, like, proven winners, so uh, there's a confidence and a gravitas that comes with that. That he, you know, he can maybe be. I mean, be he has a, leader, a lot to prove. Uh, right, for a lot like of those he has a lot players. to prove.
1: He's gonna, he's gonna, yeah. he's gonna be motivated to still be good.
0: The thing I was gonna say is that th- this move and you know the other rumor for Rafinha, th- they would both kind of indicate that. Tuchel is looking to switch from this 3-4-3 he's been reliant on to a 4-3-3, like a formation that he played for most of his time at Dortmund and for most of the early year part of his time at PSG. He's very comfortable and probably would prefer to play that, but because of our you know, lack of uh, like a solid defense. He's been reliant on a three at the back uh, leading up till now. This would kind of seem like he's trying to go for two hardworking wingers in Sterling and maybe Rafinha to play on either side of Kai Havertz and have Kai Havertz be the man as the central striker and kind of do the kind of try to do the Chelsea mock version of. Mane Firmino Sala. Have the center forward who drops in and drops wide and feeds little balls to these aggressive, pacey, hardworking wingers who make runs into the box and press their asses off for, for 90 minutes. And I don't hate that. I can see the plan being formed there. So, in that regard, I do like it. But just Raheem Sterling as a player, I'm just not crazy about. Like, I'd be much happier if this. Long drawn out thing for Rafinha from Leeds ended up happening, but at this point he's been jerking Chelsea off like so much with basically trying to use Chelsea to get Barcelona moving and get them to match Chelsea's offer and and he 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 goes there, but Barcelona don't have the money. You know they're barely clearing enough like money to sign the players that they signed before the window even started. They just announced Christensen today. They just announced Cassier the other day. Those deals were technically done like months ago, but they had to wait until now because they've been struggling so much to like clear the cap space to, to make it official. So yeah, we'll see what happens with, with Rafinha. That, that may not happen. Uh, and then the other one that looks like it's heating up is uh, Matthias De Ligt, the uh, Dutch center back from, from Juventus. We're in a bit of a bidding war it seems like with Bayern Munich for him. Bayern have just put in like a 75 million pound bid and Chelsea are, you know, it seems like Chelsea are interested in matching that or maybe even going higher. I would not be I would not be mad about that. He's 22 years old, he's a leader. He's very experienced. Even for 22, he was playing in that IX team that went to the Europa League final in yeah, you 2017.
1: You can't just let Rudiger and Christensen yeah. leave and not get a huge center back right now. So it's the type of like that's what Liverpool went. Yeah, so when Liverpool had a hole. We would in defense, need De at least. Million. Yeah, 80 or 100 million on a center back. Get the go out and get the best center back on the market. If you know if De available, then you absolutely should go get him. You guys have the money. I mean Chelsea have a lot of money in the bank from players sold that they still haven't spent. So, um, you know, and Chelsea have players like like Armando Broya who looks like, you know, Chelsea might be selling him this summer, which I think would be pretty tragic if that's another player that you guys just get rid of uh, you know, for 15-20 million or whatever he'll be. But
0: yeah, I don't know about that. We uh we still need to see something more concrete before we can really make any sort of educated comments on that. I I forgot to mention that... I mean, maybe we mentioned it on a previous pod, the one of the the, the grade pods. Uh, but, you know, Chelsea did end up loaning out Lukaku back to Inter. Only a season-long loan. Uh, um, but, you know, he's What a, fuck, he's out what a fucking snake. It,
1: it, what a snake. He's pathetic. Yeah. I'm just going to say, think, good could We've been over dude. this before. But. Get out of here. You don't belong in the Family League. Like, I honestly... And I'll admit this. I was, like, slightly terrified when he signed for Chelsea because I thought that that last season at Inter he had and how he was playing for the Belgian national team, that he was going to be a monster. And he just was nothing like that, you know, and cried as soon as he got to Chelsea that he wanted to go back to Inter and that he missed Inter and all that shenanigans and just added to the chaos that was Chelsea last season and, and almost derailed them from top four so. Just Lukaku trash, like, get, get out of here, go back to Italy. You know, I, I don't even know how he got that over the line, but apparently he like halved his wages or something. I don't know, but
0: just... I think he took like a, a he took a 30% wage cut and, and that's only for the loan for this year. So his wages would go right back up if he came back to Chelsea next season. So basically just pushing that one down the road to deal with next year. So who knows what how that'll end up. Let's move on to – we'll mention some transfers. Uh, just Everton, the one big transfer they've made is James Tarkovsky from uh, Burnley. That's they funny. They, they have Keane and, and
1: Tarkovsky together again. The two Burnley center backs. together at Burnley? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, Keane used to be on, uh, on uh, Burnley. <laughs> They're just they're nabbing Burnley's players. Yeah, I
0: just I couldn't remember if they played together. Yeah, they de- Everton definitely need more players than that. I haven't seen any concrete links, but you know that's a, a decent start. They definitely needed some experience at the uh, the the base of their defense. Frank's
1: like, ah, I'm gonna steal. Uh, I'm gonna steal uh, like his uh, Sean Dyche's prized center backs. I mean, he already had Keane, but he's just like, I'm gonna complete the pair. Burnley's center backs, they'll be gods.
0: Watch out, Ben me. <laughs> um, Fulham went and signed, uh, a surprising one, uh, a Portuguese national player, Joao Paulinha. He's a defensive midfielder. I have kind of a sneaky from, good uh, signing. It's a very good signing, and I, I mean, we'll, we'll we'll talk more about Fulham, like and their prospects for this season, and like the season preview pods will eventually do. But in in the past, we've seen Fulham like splurge in the transfer market, do like every deal they can and uh, in multiple different positions, get a bunch of loan players that look good on paper, and then they haven't been able to piece it together. But this one signing could, you know, solidify their defense and their midfields more than, you know, three or four signings they could have made. Uh, He's a very experienced player. He's an absolute unit. He's capable on the ball. Yeah, I I, I liked what I saw from him in the the Euros last year when he played a bit more for Portugal than people expected. Um, Yeah, and he's, he's one to watch out for. Uh, the, the team that's done the most transfer business, and I hate to see it, but, you know, you've got to give them credit where credit is due. Uh, Leeds United, uh, we've already mentioned right at the end of the season, they, they sealed Brendan Aronson, the American attacking midfielder from Salzburg. But since then, they've gone out and they've gotten Rasmus Christensen, a right back from RB Salzburg as well. Uh, Mark Rocca, the center midfielder from Bayern Munich, who was one of Bayern's uh, backup players. And then just today, like literally just before we started recording, Tyler Adams, the American uh, defensive midfielder from RB Leipzig, uh, he joined. So that, that's the official stuff. And then the rumored replacement for uh, Rafinha is a Colombian winger, Luis Sinistera from Feyenoord. He Had a very crazy good. good season last year. Very, Had more very than good like player. 20 goals. Helped Feyenoord get to the Europa Conference League final. He, he's a, a very aggressive uh, very hardworking and, and very athletic. Just uh, one winger. one note about
1: that. Uh, Feyenoord had like four attacking players that had like 15 plus or more goals. All four of them have already been signed. This transfer window. Like if Sinistra is the last one. So they have like 80 plus goals that they have to replace because they've all already been poached. That's the Dutch league for you right there. Hmm. Damn.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's the essence of a development league. But yeah, that, I mean that's a pretty good uh again a rumored si- uh, signing. It's not official yet like the other ones, but you know, that's a good replacement for Rafinha. I do want to talk about Tyler Adams and Mark Rocca, though because those are the two players that are going to be basically tasked with replacing, you know, the, the son of Leeds, Calvin Phillips, Calvin Phillips who will we'll, we'll get son. to in a second. He completed his move to Manchester City. Calvin Phillips has been a huge player for for Leeds, not only as like a representative of, you know, the town and academy graduate, but in how they wanted to play under Bielsa, he was the key. He was the key player in midfield. And I got to say, I think Leeds have done a very good job. Like Rocca, I have not been crazy about, but, you know, he, he does have the kind of quality on the ball that, that, that you need. Uh, Tyler Adams, I think, you know, a top six team in the Premier League could have signed. Like Manchester United could have signed him to solidify their midfield. And I would have said, yeah, that's a pretty decent move. He's just a very dependable, thoughtful, and uh I, I want to say diverse player. Like he he can play in defensive midfielder. He like he can also play as a box-to-box player if you need him to. I've seen him play it right back. Like he's he's somewhere that, someone that you can just plug into any position and you'll get at least a seven out of ten performance. And those kinds of players are absolutely pivotal. And he he's got room to grow. I think he's only like twenty-four, maybe twenty-five. So he's just coming into his prime now. he's He's a hell of a player. I don't know if you've seen much of him before, Javier, but what do you think of these lead signings?
1: No, I think uh, I think they're making a lot of good moves early. It seems like you know, he's targeted the German League. you know, this you know Marsh was just he was coaching in the German League before this, right?
0: Well, I can tell you the link. I believe Jesse Marsh brought in Brendan Aronson to RB Salzburg. He uh, coached Tyler Adams at uh, RB or Red Bull, New York. I think, yeah, because Tyler Adams was like 16 when he was playing there. I remember Adams scoring like his first goal in a a friendly against Chelsea, actually, back in like years ago. Um, And so eventually Jesse March coached him for New York Red Bulls um, and then obviously coached him again for RB Leipzig at the beginning of last season when Marsh was coached there and then got fired midway through the season. So he's familiar with both those American players. I don't know what the link to Christensen, well, Uh, Yeah, I don't know what the link to Erasmus Christensen or Mark Roca is, but yeah, he must he must like that profile of player.
1: Yeah, no, but I think I mean he's getting he's getting a mix of experience and youth and players who, you know, all of these players haven't played in the Premier League before, so we don't know how good or bad they're going to be if they're going to be able to take it. Um, But I think it's it's you know it's exciting signings for Leeds, but I think they're going to need more than that. I mean, I think right now with two huge players possibly leaving in Rafinha and Phillips, uh, this is enough to maybe plug the hole, but there still would be in a big relegation scrap. Yeah,
0: they need another goal scorer because, I mean, Bamford could not be relied upon at this point. Like, he, he missed basically the whole season last year. And without that, they were right down there, like, got out on the last day. So, yeah, they still have work to do. But... Uh, again, they've been the most active team, I, I think. Yeah, in no, the, in the, the right direction, market. though, for sure. Let's move on to Liverpool. Their uh, big major signing was Darwin Nunez, that was announced a couple of weeks ago. He's an Ur- Uruguayan striker from Benfica who uh, did very well in the Champions League last year. I think we've gone to a point with Liverpool where if they sign a player, you're just going to assume it's going to go well. Like, am I, am I wrong here? Yeah, like, if they I, go out and I, splash a When was the last time Liverpool signed someone that was a money. bust?
1: I mean, like, I guess like Oxlade, Chamberlain, uh, who else? I mean, Nabi Keita's starting to come Naby, good.
0: You could make an argument for Nabi Keita. He, he played well last season, though, so I'll be fair to him there.
1: But there aren't many. You're right. There aren't many players who, who Liverpool have signed in the Klopp era who haven't really worked out. So, you
0: know. Yeah, and the, the last like time they spent this amount of money, it looks like $75 million, and I think that varies based off uh, bonuses and stuff last time they spent that kind of money was when they got Allison and before that Van Dyke. So when when they spend big, they they've, they've earned the reputation as as not buying busts. So it's uh, it, it's an interesting one because there was also that comes hand in hand with you know the departure of Sadio Mane. It looks like that front three going forward is going to be Luis Diaz on the left, Salah on the right who just announced a 3-year contract extension, uh, and then Darwin Nunez through the middle. He's a very—I keep using this word aggressive, but uh, I, I feel like it just fits him perfectly. He's uh, he, he's a taller and it more It feels like he's going to be G- good Costa, in the Premier League. Yeah, he's going to
1: be great in the Premier League. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I I'm think it's a great, great signing for uh, for this Liverpool side. And they've needed a player like this for, for ages. I mean, they haven't had a tall striker since, what—I mean, I guess Origi was kind of tall. Bobby's no slouch. I mean, they, they haven't had— th- Small, tiny strikers but this guy's him just like a tall physical doesn't, beast
0: him being tall doesn't matter it, yeah it's the fact that he's physical and he throws himself around like when he's chasing down like balls that many would consider like a lost cause he, he knows as the, the the attacking player he's usually not going to get called for you know like barging into a defender as they're trying to shield the, shield him from the ball and then he's also quick enough that he can like get, get himself around big defenders and nip in there get the ball and and make something out of nothing. And that's, you know, Klopp like, dies for that kind of stuff. He loves that stuff from his forwards. So uh, he, he's he's going to be a good option. I, I don't know, like, in terms of numbers, what he's going to do. I, I mean, definitely, like, 15 goals. Well, he's not going to take penalties,
1: I don't think, right? It's probably still going to be Salah. Right. So I would imagine that Salah still the primary goal scorer. And Nunez, Nunez if he gets... Fifteen goals, absolutely great season. If it's his first year, he's young. He's so young, and he's he's coming from a development league in port in Portugal. So like you you can't like there aren't many players. I mean, Luis Diaz was clearly the best player in the league, and then he came and hit the ground running because he was he was he was the best player in Portugal playing at the time. I think Darwin Nunes is probably the second last year. So. If you take that into account, you know you kind of think maybe Darwin Nunez is going to hit the ground running too because he's he's just like when you get that caliber of player. I mean, it's the same with Erling Holland. It's why I'm not. I mean, I'm not saying Erling. That's why I wasn't saying at the beginning of the pod that Erling Holland wasn't going to play well this season. Um, it's just like things like the the physicality of the league when you're a young player like Nunez, like Holland, if you're not used to some of these big center backs coming and 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 smashing you from behind and. You're not used to the pressure that you get from these teams that are constantly ha- harassing you every single game, nipping at your heels. If you're one of the best players on the team, they're fouling you constantly. Like you're, they're not used to that type of treatment. So it, sometimes these they'll pick up a yeah, lot but of injuries. Nunez the first thrives of years. on that. Yeah, exactly. But this like, is the type of player nunes does thrive on the physical kind just, of game. Just be able to come right into it. You know, so scary signing for uh, for Liverpool. Great signing.
0: Yeah. A cheeky signing that Liverpool made, who many may not be familiar with, is uh, Fabio Carvalho. He's a uh, attacking midfielder. He played as a number ten for Fulham last year in the Championship and had a very good season. Uh, he'd, he'd made his debut for Fulham before that, the season before that, so he has some Premier League experience, uh, at least as a, a teenager, early, early, early in his career. It's not a signing I expect to be like amazing for them right away, but kind of in the same mold as Harvey Elliott, who that they you know, they'd also bought from. Uh, fulham those two players are just like they secure liverpool's future and sort of those creative areas so yeah keep an eye out for him and you know maybe dead rubber champions league uh group games or fa cup and league cup games Uh, and then another one they've added is scottish right back calvin ramsey from aberdeen but we probably won't see much of him Uh, manchester city uh, did, did we talk about Erling Haaland already? I, I didn't go back and
1: listen to it. No, we did, it, but we I did feel talk like a little bit about, about him. Erling um but just like, you know, he he, he officially made the signing. It, it became official only, you know, a couple of weeks ago. So, you know, he's uh he's here and uh yeah, I I don't think he's going to play more than I don't know, 28, 29 games this season. I feel like he's going to be
0: because of because of injuries,
1: yeah, I think he's going to be out or rested in and and then played in the Champions League, all the Champions League games, and in like Cup finals, semifinals. But there, I think he's going to be managed well by Guardiola. I don't think he's going to start him every single game, play him. And 90 minutes and just, you know, try to get him to score as much and be as, as big of a beast in the league. Uh I can tell that I can tell you that he's been signed to win the Champions League. You know, they want they want this guy. This guy has been unbelievable in the Champions League. His goal scoring record is unmatched for someone his age. And I think more so than winning the league because they have already enough talent on the team to win the league. It's winning the Champions League, which is what Erling holland has been brought to do. But I think almost just as big of a signing is Calvin Phillips. Because the guy's a fucking—he's so good. Okay, not just as big. He's a huge signing. Huge signing. Huge signing as well. It's a good—it's
0: the Fernandinho replacement. It's a good Fernandinho replacement. That's a really good one. But it's the Fernandinho replacement. Yeah. Uh, It's also a signing that, you know, when Manchester City have had— uh, injuries at center back, especially last season, they've had to drop a player like Fernandinho into defense. If they have to do the same thing with Calvin Phillips, he's got plenty of experience doing that at Leeds. He did that for Bielsa, and frankly, I think I think Pep just signed him so that he could just pick Calvin Phillips's brain. Like, what was Marcelo Bielsa like? Oh my 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 God, my idolo, Marcelo Bielsa! Please tell me everything. What does he do every day? Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a hell of a signing. He's Calvin Phillips. He. Okay, to football fans, Calvin Phillips is a sexy footballer, but so you know, to, to people who don't watch don't watch that often, you may not notice what Calvin Phillips does, but he does all of the little things in yeah, midfield, he's so knitting silky, everything he's together. He's so
1: smooth. He's, he's great defensively. He just works so hard on the ball. Um, yeah, Calvin Phillips is such a good player. He starts for England all the time. I mean, he's he's a lock on that England team, so I think it's it's a huge signing well, for City. I I don't know about that.
0: I don't know about that with uh, with Jude Bellingham coming along, but uh, we'll see. Well, right
1: now he is. Um,
0: yeah, sure. Uh, let's move on to Man United. They've finally started getting some business done. At least they, they beat Chelsea to that. Uh, they just announced the other day the signing of a young left-back Tyrell Malasia from Feyenoord. Uh, I haven't seen much of him. But he looks like a, a player sort of in the mold of Patrice Evra, undersized, but, you know, tenacious and pacey. And yeah, so we'll, we'll see how that one shapes shapes out. I mean, I'm sure Eric Ten Hag has seen enough of him as, as an opposing manager in, in the same league over the last couple of years that he likes that. Uh, and then uh, it's not confirmed yet, but it looks like Christian Eriksen is going to be uh, completing a move to Manchester United uh, very soon. He That's a pretty good was signing. out of contract at Brentford. Solid signing. I-, I think it's a very good signing. Like I know a lot of people will probably be like, "Oh, they need a defensive midfielder," but Christian Eriksen, he's not. He he's not so much like Bruno Fernandez, like that kind of attacking midfielder anymore, and he is more of like a. Central midfielder who'll knit things together in midfield, keep you on the ball, trigger passes out from deeper areas. Like those two can play together. I think Bruno Fernandes can play further up the field, maybe even as you know a, a center forward, like uh, Ten Hag did with Dusan Tadic, and then Christian Eriksen can be more of the 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 metronome in midfield. I think they we'll see the return of Bruno midfielder.
1: Fantasy God next year.
0: Maybe, maybe I. It's entirely possible. But yeah, that's just want to throw that out there. Brentford, I think they had hopes of keeping him, but at the same time, I understand Christian It, Erickson, it looks he's... like
1: Manchester United are, are going to beat Arsenal to uh, Lissandro Martinez, the centre-back, left-back, 24-year-old Argentine, uh, plays for the Argentinian national team.
0: Is he not a defensive midfielder? Def-
1: no, I think like, he, he, he primarily not? sees himself as a centre-back. He plays left-back and he plays defensive midfield, but... It would be a huge signing for Man United, you know. I think they're asking for fifty million. United and Arsenal both bid forty-five million, so it's kind of in the balance right now. But Tenag has history with him, and you got to think that that's gonna half pull, like like it did with Arteta and Gabriel Jesus, you know, because there were teams like Chelsea who were trying to get Gabriel Jesus, and he chose Arsenal. There were you know four other teams in there who who, who were bidding just as much as Arsenal did, but he uh, he went and picked us. So
0: I don't think Chelsea ever bidded for Gabriel Jesus, but you go on. Um, Yes, it did. (laughs) I never saw anything saying we bid for him. There's you got to you got to learn to just the white noise is all of the stuff that's like blah, 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 are considering a bid. Blah, 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 are interested in like all of that stuff is bullshit. The only stuff that means anything is Team X has put in an offer for T like for player Y. That's the stuff that like you can take at least it's concrete. Uh, but yeah, let's move on to... Let's just finish with Newcastle and Tottenham. There's other teams that have made signings, but none of them are really as big as these next two teams. And we'll get to those in the, the season previews. Uh, Newcastle have made a couple of signings, but two notable ones are Nick Pope, the uh, goalkeeper from Burnley. Uh, certainly an upgrade on Dubravka. And then...
1: Yeah, that's a great that's a great little signing.
0: And then the huge signing for me that I think people aren't going to realize it's a big signing until the season's well and truly underway is Sven Botman, the Dutch center back from Lille. They beat AC Milan to get his signature. AC Milan just won the league in in Syria and, you know, are playing in the Champions League for the second year in a row. I, I just think it shows you the kind of pull that, you know, this Newcastle project has for some players. Nick Pope, sure, I get it. Nick Pope just wants to stay in the Premier League. But Sven Botman, Manchester United should be going for him as well. There's tons of teams higher up in the sort of pecking order of the the established pecking order of the Premier League that you think, uh, you know, this kind of promising player should be going to. But instead, he chooses Newcastle. That, that's that's a huge, huge signing for them. Like, like in January, their big centre-back signing was Dan Byrne, which, you know, no offence to Dan Byrne, but, you know, he's not like one of the... The most enticing young prospects in in, in Europe. Sven yeah, Botsman. You've been seen bottman play more than of me because
1: I think you guys played him in the Champions League, right? So I don't know. You must you must yeah. know a little bit about him. I don't really know how good he is. Um, I just like you said, Jeff. Just heard some of the other teams linked with him, and yeah, impressive that they went out and, and paid a lot of money for for another center back. I'm sure they're going to go and do several more signings like that this window.
0: I I don't I don't even think they paid that much for him, and I, I'm I guess I'm trying to say that they they're two very impactful signings but Newcastle aren't doing like a Manchester City or a Chelsea when they were first taken over and just you know spending big money on a bunch of different players just to throw it at the wall and see what sticks you know it seems like they're being a bit more methodical with their approach like identifying you know more impactful a smaller amount of players that make a big impact like a Bruno Guimarães and like Matt Target, they made uh, a, a permanent signing from Aston Villa. You know these aren't players. Some of them are not players that are going to help them win the league a few years from now. But it's a start. It's players that will work their way up there and maybe, maybe even nick a, a European place this season. So, yeah, Sven Botman is one one to keep your eye on. Um, and then I guess I guess we have to praise Tottenham now. Javier, do you want to do you want to do the honors?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, this is probably the best... If not, I'll do it. Yeah, this is probably the best window so far that uh, that Tottenham have had. You know, signing Ivan Perisic on a free to start the window. Great, experienced, you know, can play left wing back, right wing back, left wing, right wing, you know, across the front line. Just, you know, great veteran who's been uh, great in the game for, for, you know, 10 years. So, great little... uh, Depth signing for them there, Fraser Forrester, good backup keeper. Um, they definitely needed a, a backup keeper, and bringing him in, good. You know, no, both of those on free transfers, and then the big signings. You know, Besuma. I think it's Eve Besuma. I think I'd say say yeah, Eve Besuma. Um, how how do you not know how to say his name yet? Yeah, fuck him. Yeah, you can go to Tottenham.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck him. Yeah, you were absolutely gushing over him this time last year.
1: Yeah, I'm just I'm sad that I'm sad that Tottenham went and got a real midfielder like that. Ugh, God damn it! Yeah, I would have loved him on Arsenal to be honest with you. And that's a, I think it's a great signing. I mean, he's led the league the last three years um, in some sort of defensive metric, whether it's like tackles or uh, pressures. You know, he's he's he can score goals, just a lot of a lot of things that he can do. Um, and he's going to be flexible for that. That Tottenham midfield and then the big big signing is uh, Richarlison they went and spent 60 million got a backup striker for a Kane can play on the left wing as well for son so both of them can can have more resting time and I'm not gonna lie I mean I would have loved Richarlison on Arsenal. So he's a great player he's you know pushing pushing players really? like Neymar pushing players like Neymar for starting for the for the national team
0: I saw Chelsea linked with Rick Charleston, and I think I dry heaved in public. Like, I I, I would absolutely be sickened if Chelsea had signed Rick Charleston.
1: Well, no, but here's the one thing that I'll he say. Seems like His... dead, like, he
0: seems like a very brain-dead, like, he's extremely talented. I'll yeah, give him that. Extremely very talented, talented, but, but he seems like he dead. thinks he he's sent better off than he for is. Dumb exactly. fouls.
1: Right. Yeah. He has temper. He has bad yeah, temper. That, that he, is pouts. Well. he pouts. He pouts during games. I wouldn't have wanted any of that stuff on Arsenal, so... Uh, to be honest, yeah, I'm f- he he seems like he'll fit right in at Tottenham with some of these whiny little bitches. Um, and uh, he'll feed off of like Son and Kane and uh, and Dyer, who all just like whine their asses off the whole game. He'll he'll jump right into that culture. So, yeah, go fuck yourselves, Tottenham. You're not getting champions. To be fair, Gabriel Jesus,
0: Gabriel Jesus is a very whiny, temperamental player. He's a little not, whiny, not to the level a of a charleston, line. but yeah. <laughs> And, seems to be a brazilian thing. Yeah, and they then, all uh, think they they all think they're but yeah, uh, this is just Ronaldinho.
1: Great window for Tottenham. I mean, I'm sure he'll he'll add a lot of depth, he'll add pre- uh, less pressure, you know, they'll be in the Champions League, so just I don't know. Uh good signings obviously by um by Tottenham and I don't like to see it. It gets me uh worried.
0: Yeah, I hate to see it, too. And a point that I hadn't thought of that I heard a journalist that I, I really appreciate his work, Andy Brassel, say was that the signings like Richarlison, you're going to see the impact that they'll make with the Premier League basically catching up with everyone else and having five substitutions this upcoming season. It's going to be something that really separates the top, top teams with a lot of depth from the rest of the league. And you know Tottenham. I mean, they obviously have to contend with Champions. Hopefully, League we'll see more youth, season. too.
1: We'll see more more like 18, 19 yeah. year nineteen-year-olds who are who are borderline breaking into the first team. Hopefully, they can actually get some you, game time. You would hope so. so. Yeah, especially at the smaller clubs. You would hope so, but that's why but that's that, why some that's the of, kind these, of some of these younger players that teams are signing, they might be more useful than we think.
0: Yeah, and then the a player that hasn't been officially confirmed yet, but it looks like this deal is going to happen. Uh, Tottenham look like they're going to sign Clement Langley. Longley. Damn, that's another decent signing accent.
1: there. Another decent signing. Yeah, but here's the
0: thing: he when was the last time he was frequently like available to play? Like, I I didn't really like him that much when he was at his best for Barcelona, and he he, well, he did play well for Barcelona at times. But he him and Umtiti have both been. You know, just on and off the, the the physio table for the last like two or three years it seems. So, it, it seems like Tottenham reaching for That's probably like just a, another a classy depth player, signing. yeah. Right. So they have the depth for you know this Champions League run they're they're going to be on. So uh yeah, if they get it done, I understand why they would do it. They, they do need a bit more cover. It just seems and like a good in the good, back.
1: good move to do on loan. You know, they're not signing him. They're yeah. just going to have him for a year, hopefully use him, and then probably send him back to Yeah,
0: low-risk, low high-reward, sure.
1: Which is the same with Parasic and Forrester, yeah. I just think that they've spent their money well so far.
0: Well, that about wraps it up. There's other teams that have made signings, but uh, those those are the big ones. i got to give a recommendation to the people. If you're really starving for football right now, you've got to check out the women's Euros that's going on right now. It's uh, it's being hosted in England. They just had the first game today. England beat uh, Austria one nil. It's gonna be an entertaining tournament to say the least. There's multiple t- different teams. Hardly any like solid favorites other than England. Like even Spain, who uh, you know have all of the Barcelona players. They just lost Alexia Poteas with an ACL injury. She was the the Bal- women's Ballon d'Or winner, I believe, last year when Barcelona won the Champions League. Yeah, she's League. incredible. It's, ter- it's terrible. that they lost her, but you know that it just opens up the field so much more to, to be a really competitive and exciting tournament. So, yeah, definitely check that out. It's it's on ESPN, so it's on TV and you know shown on ESPN.com and stuff. So you can check those games out around around midday, most days. It's going to be going on for the next few weeks until uh, you know the the football comes back. So Javier, thanks for jumping on this one. If you want to follow Javier on Twitter at JavierRev9. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at asmoss 92. And you can follow the podcast socials at Ghost Gold Pod. Enjoy these summer weeks. And until next time. See you.